0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor
1: Christopher Anum again. And yesterday we talked about uh, Jesus the baptized with the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and what John the Baptist testified about him. And today we are going to talk about what Jesus told his disciples about the Holy Spirit. What Jesus told his disciples about the Holy Ghost. Now but before i go into that i want to share one more testimony with you and uh, uh, just just to bless you and this is also from zambia this is very interesting because uh, this was uh, one night a man came up and told us what the lord had done for him he came up to the platform to testify and what he said he said that last night he said i'm estranged from my wife we have had a terrible, terrible, very uh, acrimonious uh, separation. And uh, my wife has been very bad to me, and I left her. and, And he says, finally, and she has been causing trouble for me. He says, so I decided I'm going to kill her. I don't care what the cost, I'm going to kill her. So he says, I bought a big knife and I had my knife in my clothes. And I was actually going to my wife's house to kill her. And he says, and on my way, I passed through this field where the crusade was being held and I saw all the thousands of people and I said, I, he said, I saw Pastor Christopher preaching. So I stopped and I listened. He says, as he preached about Jesus, something took a hold of my heart and convicted me. And, uh, and I began to weep. I went on my knees and I asked Jesus to save me. He says, something came over me and now I, I, he says, "I can't even describe what happened to me. I'm a changed man." He says, uh, "I I I went to my wife's house and I asked her for, for forgiveness." He said, "I wept there. I told her what Jesus has done for me, and I asked her for forgiveness. And here am I to tell you what God has done for me. And and he, I mean, his face was shining. And you know, and I said to my team, I said that." is not the power of some kind of counseling you know you 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 talk to people don't do this and try to reason with them but that is the power of the gospel the gospel is so powerful that when the gospel is preached the holy spirit comes right into men's heart and into their conscience and takes a hold of them and god exercises his transforming power through the gospel that is why beloved we must preach the gospel because when you know when we when we preach the gospel you don't know who's out there listening and whose life is, life is being changed and I've seen many 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 such cases I've seen people uh, who are drunkards who are criminals who who, are, who have done terrible terrible things hear the gospel and be totally transformed by the power of God. Nobody prayed for them. Nobody touched them. They were just there hearing the word of God. God changed them completely. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'll never forget that man. This was, my goodness, maybe 25 years ago. But uh, he often comes to mind. And I often think of him. And I think how wonderful this gospel is that the Lord has given to us to preach. Praise God. So now we're going to talk about Jesus talks about the Holy Ghost and uh, he begins, he gathers his disciples and he, you know, he has been ministering, preaching and all that. And now he's coming close to uh, the point when he's going to die for us upon the cross. And before he dies on the cross, he begins to talk to them about the Holy Ghost. And uh, so he's preparing them for the Holy Ghost. And he's like a relay racer. He's going to hand over the baton to The Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will take over uh, His place, and you know, and so He is is that changeover. He's preparing them for that changeover, you know, when the or the handover, when the baton will be handed, He's going to hand the baton onto the Holy Ghost, and then He's going to go to heaven and uh, ascend to the right hand of the Father. So that's what He's preparing them for that for that handover. So in John 14, verses 16 to 18, Jesus says to his disciples, I and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knowing knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Okay, so what Jesus is saying to them, he says, I'm going to pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Now the word another here is a key word because this another denotes another who is identical to me. That's what it means. Say, for for example, let let me use a worldly example. Say, I'm drinking a Coca-Cola and I finish my Coca-Cola and I say to to you, you know, I'm going to get another one. So then I come back with a 7-Up. So what I meant was that, is that I finished my drink, I'm going to get another drink. So I finish my Coca-Cola and I get a 7-Up. That's, that's a different another, which means I'm going to get another drink. But this another means this. I finish my Coca-Cola and I say, I'm going to get another one. And that means I go and get another Coca-Cola. That means another, but of the same. Another Another one of the same, if you understand what I mean. That's what Jesus meant. He says, I'm going to pray the Father and he will give you, He shall give you another comforter. That means another comforter who is just like me, who is identical to me, who is in fact, you won't be able to tell the difference between him and me because we are one. That's what it actually means. So I'm going to to ask the father and he shall give you another comforter. Another comforter. And the word comforter here is Paracletos. That means one who stands alongside. That's what it means. Comforter means one who stands alongside. So what he meant is that Jesus is saying, I have been alongside you these past years and I am now going and I'm going to ask the father and he shall give you another one just like me, identical to me, indistinguishable from me, just he's, he and I are identical like two bottles of coca-cola. You can't tell them apart. You taste one, you taste the other. They taste both the same because they come from the same source, the same bottling par- uh, uh, bottling company, plant, but they are the same in two different bottles if you get what, I understand, what I'm trying to say. So he says that he, I, I'll ask the father and he shall give you another person, another one to stand alongside you just like I have stood alongside you and he'll be identical to me. You won't be able to tell the difference. And he shall abide with you forever. In other words, I have been with you for these three, three and a half years, but he shall be with you forever. That's the only difference between him and me. We are the same. The only difference being is that I've been with you for three and a half years, but he will be with you forever. That's the only difference, right? We are the same, but he's going to be with you forever. Then it says, "Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. Now this is interesting because they could everyone could see Jesus, but this new Paracletos, this new comforter, this new one who is going to stand um, alongside you, he says, The world cannot receive him because the world will not see him. That's the other difference between him and me is that I am here in the flesh. You can touch me. I'm visible, but he will be unseen. He's invisible. He's like, he's like the invisible man. He is just like me. You can imagine me just like me. But the difference is that uh, there's two differences. He's going to be with you forever. I've just been with you for a time. I'm visible, but he's going to be invisible because the world does not, uh, does not know him. But he said, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in with you. What does it mean? He knows him. He says, you know me and I dwell with you. So in other words, because Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one, he says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to live in you. Well, not really I, the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost and I are one. So I'm coming back. or In other words, the Holy Ghost is coming back, but you already know him. Because if you know me, you know him. So you will not miss me because he will come and he's going to live in you. Then he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you uh, comfortless means we leave you alone with no one by your side. I will come to you. It's interesting how he refers to the Holy Ghost and he says, "I will come to you." In other words, as I as I had said to you earlier, a few lessons ago, God is a Trinity, but the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. So when Jesus says, "I will give you another Comforter," but then he says, "I will come back to you." So really, uh, having the Holy Ghost with you is like having Jesus with you because Jesus and the Holy Ghost are one. It's very interesting. So. Uh, how Jesus presents this, so He says, uh, "I will pray the Father, and He will give you another uh, Paracletos, another one to stand alongside you, and um, and 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 that another one is just like me. He's identical to me. He's actually me, and me is him because we two were identical. We come from the same bottling plant. We just uh, two different bottles, but we are the same drink, right? So, uh, using worldly terms, so He says." But he's going to abide with you forever. Although I've been with you temporarily, he will be with you forever. He says, and he's the spirit of truth. Now, this is interesting because the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. The world cannot receive him uh, because they, they can't see him. He's invisible to them. And they don't know him. The world doesn't know him, but you know him. He says, the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit, but you, you know him. Why do you know him? Because he dwells with you. It's me, you know, if you know me, you know the Holy Ghost. So it says, and, and not only that, but the I am with you, but the Holy Spirit will be in you. Because, you know, that's the other difference that Jesus was with them. He was alongside them. But this time the Holy Ghost will not just be w- beside you. He will be living inside of you. And uh, that's the other significant difference. So, the three significant differences that the Holy Ghost will be with you forever, I've just been with you for a time. And um, then the other thing is that He is, he is just like me, He's identical to me. And thirdly, He's not just going to be with you, He's going to live in you. And by the way, He's going to be me, He says. You know, again, the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost are one. If one is there, all three are there. But so He says. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you alone, but I'm going to come to you. Isn't that wonderful? What a promise we have, a wonderful promise of, uh, of God himself living in us, and, and I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's the wonderful promise of the Holy Spirit. Now then it says in John 14 verse 26, but the Comforter, the Parakletos, the one who comes, stands alongside the Holy Ghost, Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He will teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance. That means the Holy Spirit will teach us and he shall bring all things to your remembrance. That means that he will also remind us of the things that Jesus has already said. So he's Two things that is interesting, that he will teach us all things and then he will uh, remind us of uh, the things that Jesus has already taught to us. So what does he mean that he shall teach you all things? Does it open the door for um, extra biblical revelation? No, it doesn't. I I believe what he's talking about. He's talking about the revelations that Jesus would give to us through his apostles. Because you see, uh, the gospels are not the complete word of God, but the epistles, you know, that's what he's talking about. That the Holy Ghost, he he will remind us of what Jesus has said in the gospels, but he shall teach us all things that we need to know as, second, as Peter said, all things that pertain to life and to godliness has God given to us through his word. So what I'm saying is this, that what he's talking about is that the the Holy Spirit will remind us, will bring to remembrance, will lift up and bring back the things that Jesus has already taught. But he will give further revelation. And uh, he did that. We, you know, it's for us, it's in the past. He's speaking to their future. And we have this book, the Bible. We have the New Testament. We have the revelations God gave to Paul and Peter and James and all that. And, And we have all that. And once the word was was given, uh, the New Testament was given, the word was given, it is full and complete and no one can add anything to it because the Bible gives a very clear warning that if anybody adds anything to this book or takes anything away from it, let him be cursed. So that means that nobody has the right to to come up with new revelation and say, well, you know, we have the Bible, but this is what God has shown me. And that's why I always say, if people have personal revelations, if God, you know, God showed me this, God showed me that. I tell them, fine, God showed you this, it's great for you, but you don't teach that. What you teach and preach are what is in the book. Secondly, if a person says that God has shown him something, it should always be measured against the word. It should always be measured against the word. If it lines up with the word, then it is of God it does not line up with the, with the word of God, then it's not God. If someone has a revelation or something and it doesn't line up with the word of God or there is something in the Bible that contradicts what he's saying, well, believe me, you should not accept it. You should just put it aside. You know, it's, it's for your own good. And thirdly, if a person who is a great teacher, great preacher of God, he says something like, well, this is what God has shown me. Just because he has a good track record and God has used him in the past, does not mean that you should take his word or his revelation and elevate it to the place that you build your doctrine and your beliefs on it, or you uh, you know you begin to preach it and stuff like like for example I, I you know. Let me just give you an example. Somebody once said there was some preacher somewhere who had seen some a warehouse in heaven with body parts and uh, and 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 you know and then uh, when you want to pray for the sake, you kind of imagine that warehouse, take those body parts, and give it to this person. Now you know, look, that sounds good, and um, but you know what? It's not in the Bible, so I don't judge it. I don't condemn it. I don't say it's of the devil or whatever it is. But for whatever it is worth. It's not for me. It's for that person and for him. If he wants to believe that, he can preach it, believe it, but I'm not going to preach it or believe it just because that person has been used by God. And it sounds good. You know, it's, it's okay. Fine. God bless you. Put it aside. But I'm going to stick with what is in this book. Remember, we've got to use that standard. So this book is complete. The Bible is complete. Nobody needs to add anything to it or to subtract anything from it because this book is breathed by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has given this book. Everything you and I need to live and to preach and to minister is in this book. All those extra revelations people claim they have, well, God bless them. If they're good, they're good. If they're no good, they're no good. But they're nothing for me. I'm not going to build my life or my doctrine or my beliefs or those. So it's very important because uh, we must have that, this kind of yardstick in our life if you're going to stay clear. All right. So now. He says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever thing I've said unto you. Now, the other thing is that people use the scripture to say, well, we don't need Bible teachers. We don't need pastors because the Holy Ghost is teaching me. That is not what it's talking about. That is not what it's talking about Uh, because listen. We have to be part of a local church. We have to be accountable. We have to live our lives within the context of the local body. Doesn't matter how sincere we are. We cannot be lone rangers doing our own thing on the side and say, well, the Holy Spirit is my teacher. I don't need anyone to teach me. That is not what the scripture is talking about. It's talking about that the Holy Spirit will remind us of what Jesus has already taught us. And he shall teach us all things. That means that whatever we need to know to live this life, because the Bible was not complete, uh, you know, because Jesus was saying this before he even died or rose again from the dead. But I believe he was talking about the complete revelation of the New Testament that was to come through his apostles and that the Holy Ghost spoke to them as men, you know, as The the Bible says that these words were inspired by the Holy Ghost as men received them from God. So anyway, so let us leave this. Let's go to the next scripture where Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost is in John 15 verses 26 to 27. It says, but when the comforter is come, whom I shall send in my name, uh, whom I shall send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, shall testify of me. Now this is interesting because the Holy Ghost will always testify about Jesus. The Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus or the other way around. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So in other words, the spirit of prophecy uh, for me, it means that even when there's a prophecy, say, for example, if I give you a word and I say to you, brother, this is what the Lord is showing me in Jesus Christ must shine through in it. So it's not about you. So if I prophesy about you and say, oh, thus says the Lord. And I basically I use that prophesies to praise you and tell you how great you are and all that. But Jesus doesn't shine through in it. Then I'm sorry to say it's not of God because Every revelation that is of the Holy Ghost will always testify of Jesus because the Holy Ghost came to glorify Jesus and to glorify Jesus alone. The Holy Spirit did not come to lift up a man or to glorify a man or to glorify a church or to glorify a movement or to glorify anything. He just came to testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus and it points to his, his, He points to His cross. He points to His blood. That is what the Holy Spirit points to. He came to this earth to lift up Jesus, to testify Jesus to glorify Jesus, to bring up his cross and his blood in the sight of people. Amen. In John 16, verses 7 to 15, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So Jesus said, look, I have to go away because if I go away, then I can send the Comforter to you. And then he says, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. That means reprove means to convict. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. He will convict the world of sin because they don't believe in him. Of uh, righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So now, this is interesting because when it says the Holy Ghost convicts the world of sin, um, you see, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation because condemnation puts somebody down and it shows them they are so, they are so wrong they have no hope. But conviction always points to Jesus and to his blood. Uh, So the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin, but he always points to Jesus and to his blood. He points to the solution. He points to Jesus Christ as the solution for man's sin. So he 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 says he will convict uh, the world of sin because they believe not in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit will also... uh, Convict the world of judgment because the prince of this world, because the devil has been judged and the devil has been defeated. So, anyway. Then verse 12 says, I have yet many things, I'm rushing to this because I'm almost at the end of my time. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is is come, he will guide you unto all truth, but he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, for he shall show you, show it unto uh, you, but he shall show you things to come. So the Holy Ghost when he comes, he says, he will guide you into all truth. And because he's going, not going to speak of himself. But whatever he hears from me, that he shall speak. So the Holy Ghost will speak what he hears from Jesus, from God. And he will show you things to come. He, the Holy Spirit will also foretell and tell you of things to come. Then he says, he shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So the Holy Spirit, again, as I said, He came to testify of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit came to glorify you, glorify Jesus, because He shall take that which is of Jesus and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will take that which is of Jesus and show it unto us. The Holy Spirit came to glorify Jesus Christ and to take that which belongs to Jesus. And show it unto us. Anyway, we will end here and we will continue tomorrow. We'll talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. But let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I honor you. I glorify you. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have heard my voice today. I ask you that you continue to do your work in them. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do your work of growth and maturity and impartation of strength and power into their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for every home, if there be any sickness and disease, In their homes, I curse every spirit of disease and infirmity and command you to leave them in the name of Jesus. I speak life and strength to them, Father, in spirit, soul, and body. I thank you that that you said, Father, uh, that you shall bless our food and our water and turn every sickness away from us. I thank you for your work in our lives and I give you glory in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, my brothers and sisters, we will continue with this tomorrow. God bless you.